back to the bin. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Back to the Bins. I'm Paul Spitaro, and I am once again here with Scott H. Gardner. Hello. Scott, hello, Gardner. And Dr. Bill Robinson. No, no, no. I'm afraid I'm Tommy Lee Jones. Oh, did you watch Pam and Tommy Lee? No, I, I'm the art we're having in this book. Oh, Okay, yeah, we'll uh, we'll get to that in a minute. Or maybe so I should have said I'm Norman Osborn. <laughs> I think I think we, we we're getting what I what I what I'm thinking of as kind of a new feature on the show or a new uh, thing that we're going to do. And I'm in my mind, I'm calling it Second Look. And I think it's where we take a look at something that was either roundly panned or is widely loved by the industry, and then looking at it, you know, giving it a second look with hindsight years later and seeing how we, how we greet it and what we think of it. And, uh, you know, I Ooh, think it's a, like, kind of a cool idea. I like this idea. Cause, Oh, I, I can think of a bunch of them. I'd like to do right off the top of my head. And I'm thinking if I know my friend, Scott, <laughs> I'm thinking that you have a lot that other people love that you're looking to trash. <laughs> well, no, not necessarily. I mean, I'm actually kind of both. There's, there's a lot of stuff that, I think is like way overrated. I'm like, really? You know, cause you keep seeing it on the list of, you know, best of stories of, you know, particular characters or just best of stories of comics in general. And I'm like, okay, you obviously have not read enough comics. And then there's a, a lot of stuff that I think, you know, just kind of doesn't get the attention it deserves or, you know, in the case of what we're looking at today, that just gets, you know, almost universally pan that I'm like, uh, you know, well, let's see, you know, let's let's look into that. So, yeah. And, and looking at today's, you know, <clears throat> excuse me, with with today. Well, for what it's worth, today we're looking at Sin's Past from uh, J.M. Straczynski. Uh, and, and I'm really, you know, as far as as far as what we're really focusing on, we are focusing on the story more than the art because the art isn't what has uh caused the great reaction out of out of the fan community it is the story uh so i think you know we're going to take a closer look at that and you know there's certain things about it that i think were good and there's certain things about it that i think are not good and i think we can get into that and discuss why it gets whatever reviews it gets but in the meanwhile i'm going to give the marvel uh, wiki review or the synopsis for the six issues that this entails so it starts in Spider-Man number 509. Mary Jane gets acting tips by what appears to be Robert De Niro. She's auditioning for a play and lands the part. Back at home, MJ, Peter, and Aunt May are eating. May gets up from the table to check the mail and is stunned by what she sees. She goes into the kitchen and hands Peter a letter telling him that he'd better have a look. Thinking it to be a threat, he quickly takes the envelope. He's ready for anything except what he finds. The letter is from Gwen Stacy. In the backyard, MJ approaches Peter to make sure he's okay. He recounts what was going on in their lives at the time the letter was written, reliving Gwen's death at the hands of the Green Goblin. Later in bed, Peter sneaks out and goes to Gwen's grave while MJ is sleeping. He talks to the stone when he realizes that when he suddenly realizes that he's not alone. Someone knows who he is, and they've attacked him as Peter Parker, not Spider-Man. 
A fight ensues in the graveyard. Peter realizes he's at a disadvantage and makes a run for it. He successfully escapes, but the identity of his attackers are not yet revealed. Issue 510. Peter's trying to figure out who attacked him at Gwen's gravesite and how they know to attack him there. MJ comes in to their room and notices that there are indentations on the back of the letter that Gwen sent. She suggests that the missing page of the letter may have been written on a piece of paper on top of the first page, leaving the indentation. Later at breakfast, Peter's opening a package he received. It contains pictures of Aunt May and MJ, along with the note, we can kill them whenever we want. Spider-Man goes to a cop he respects, Lamont, to help him out with analyzing the indentations on the back of Gwen's letter. He leaves to chase down his own leads and stops to call Mary Jane. After they wait, talk, you didn't say that Lamont was uh, Robert Redford. He's a big dummy. Well, that too. <laughs> After it they looks talk, like Robert Redford. Yes, there's a lot of. We'll talk a little bit about the art, and there is definitely a lot of photo referencing here. Uh, after the talk, Peter receives a call from an anonymous source claiming to have his Aunt May hostage. Peter races to the location he's given on the phone, only to find a mannequin with a bomb attached to it. The bomb blows, and Spider-Man is attacked again by the same mysterious ninja guy that attacked him at Gwen's grave. His assailant, his assailant is called Gabe. Before Gabe can kill him, however, he's stopped by his partner, now revealed to be called Sarah. This isn't the time, she says. Gabe allows Spider-Man to live, but threatens to destroy everything he cares about before he kills him. For real. Gabe and Sarah walk away, leaving Spider-Man to wonder what he's done to deserve this. Back at the police station, Spider-Man's police friend has deciphered the text on the back of the letter. The text reveals that Gwen Stacy was pregnant when she left for Paris. She had the babies while they were on a break between semester. The babies' names are Gabriel and Sarah. Issue 511. Spider-Man is being strong for Mary Jane, while Mary Jane worries about him, as per usual. Peter is keeping secrets from her, and she's upset because she wants to help him. Spider-Man breaks into the lab to test DNA on Gabe and Sarah to see if they're his kids with Gwen. The DNA, actually, that's not correct. I'm just, I'm reading from another synopsis. He, he never thinks they're his kids. He tests them to see if they're Norman's kids, or and to make sure that they're Gwen's kids, excuse me. The DNA test says that they are, her, it says here they says they're his kids. It does not. It says that they're her kids. Just as he receives the results, he's confronted by Sarah. She tells Spider-Man that Gabe is determined to kill everyone he loves before killing him. The only way to save his loved ones is to allow her to kill him right then and there. A machine. I, I just want to interject here. That that's. I just want to interject. That's a that's actually a rather important plot point that whoever wrote this synopsis completely screwed up because that's one of the things that helps convince what's the female one's name the sarah. female child's name sarah, sarah that helps convince sarah is the fact that peter never checked to see if he was the father she she noted that yes and yeah it specifically is discussed in the book so whoever wrote the synopsis was a little lax but yeah, that's I was I, I'm lax because I'm depending on their synopsis. So <laughs> I can only throw so many stones. Uh, it was so uh, blah blah blah. A machine in the lab distracts just long enough for Spider-Man to pounce. He gains the upper hand, but Gabe blows a window right next to him. When Spider-Man gets back on his feet, both Sarah and Gabe are gone. They've moved on to a rooftop where they discuss motivations for attacking Spider-Man. They feel he's abandoned their mom and blamed him for her death. Back at home, Mary Jane confronts Peter about the letter. She reads it while he was she read it while he was out, 
and knows Peter thinks Sarah and Gabe are his kids. He explains to her it's impossible because he and Gwen never had sex. She says she knows, even oh, more yeah. she knows <laughs> who the real father is. Oh, and, and that's, but that's one of the pl- that's one of the plot points here that I want to discuss that I think is is a little oh, bit grating by Straczynski. But we'll get on to it. The entire issue is, oh, I'm sorry, issue 512. The entire issue is pretty much Mary Jane explaining that she's known all along who the father of Gwen's children is. The father of Gwen's two children, Gabe and Sarah, is Norman Osborne. She totally banged him. Turns out MJ overheard Gwen and Norman talking about it. She threatened to go public if Norman didn't help Harry when he was sick. Peter puts it all together and comes to the conclusion that it makes perfect sense. That's why Green Goblin targeted her when he killed her instead of May or MJ or anyone else. Two birds with one stone. Take out Gwen before she can go public about the babies and screw with Spider-Man at the same time. Spider-Man begins to ask MJ if she knew whether or not Osborne was her first, but stops to have a mental breakdown instead. He destroys their bedroom in a fit of rage, only stopping when MJ steps in and calms him down. Eventually, he comes to the conclusion that he can't fight Sarah and Gabe. Instead, he has to save them. They're aging prematurely due to Osborne's enhanced DNA, and they're going to die. Issue 513. Spider-Man holds a press conference to send a message to Sarah and Gabe. He tells them to meet him where their mother died. Spider-Man waits, and the twins eventually show up. He tries to reveal to them that he's not their father. Norman Osborn is. Gabe refuses to believe it. Turns out Norman has been taking care of them and feeding them false information for years. Now, ironically, Gabe sees him as a father figure. However, Sarah does not does believe Spider-Man. She tries to explain to Gabe how at the DNA testing lab, Spider-Man didn't test his own DNA. He only tested Gwen's to make sure they were her children. She argues that Spider-Man would only do that if it were impossible that they were his kids. She concluded that could only mean Peter and Gwen never had sex. Boy, his his lack of sex life is being paraded before everybody right here. Gabe refuses to accept the truth and pounces on Spider-Man. Spider-Man is careful not to hurt him, but he gets beat up pretty badly. Gabe and Spider-Man, Gabe has Spider-Man pinned down when a policeman's bullet narrowly misses Spider-Man's head. The police open fire, hitting Sarah in the stomach. She falls off the bridge they're standing on in very familiar fashion. She looks exactly like Gwen Stacy. Spider-Man is determined not to lose her again and successfully saves her. He manages to get her to a hospital. Meanwhile, Gabe has escaped to the sewers where he finds Norman's secret lair. In the lair, he finds her, his and hers goblin costumes. Norman obviously meant for them to follow in his footsteps, and now Gabe knows the truth. Issue 514, which concludes this particular story. Spider-Man and Mary Jane are in the hospital with Sarah. The doctor comes out and says there's nothing they can do, so Spider-Man insists on a blood transfusion. The doctor objects at first, but figures that the transfusion can't make the situation any worse, and eventually agrees. Sarah makes a complete recovery with the help of Spider-Man's blood. Meanwhile, Gabe is in Osborne's safe house watching a recorded message that Norman left for him and his sister. Norman is encouraging Gabe to inject himself with the goblin formula, which he does. Gabe becomes stronger and faster, dons a goblin costume, and flies to the hospital. Spider-Man wakes up in a recovery room with Mary Jane at his side. She tells him that they think she's a superhero groupie, and no one is any the wiser that she's really his wife. (coughs) She also reveals that the news has put out a bounty of $5 million for a picture of Spider-Man with his mask off. When Spider-Man finds out that his location is public knowledge, he panics. Turns out his panic is for good reason, as Gabe has seen the report, too. 
Gabe, now dressed as a goblin, attacks Spider-Man in the hospital. He crashes through the window and takes Spider-Man out. Spider-Man manages to escape his grasp midair and crashes onto a roof where Sarah is waiting with a gun. She points it at Gabe and tells him to back off. Gabe, feeling betrayed, fires on her from his glider. She shoots back, hits his glider, and causes an explosion that takes him out of the flight. Out of the fight, excuse me. Sarah then disappears down a hallway, Spider-Man being too injured to stop her. Gabe wakes up on a shore with no memory of who he is or how he got there. Very conveniently to end the story. So as I read this this time, <laughs> I kind of thought it's a fairly well-written story with a couple little exceptions. And that the problem with it isn't so much that the story is bad. The, the, the problem lays more in a uh, in an ideological conceptual area because it's taken Gwen Stacy from this angelic person and just kind of slutted her up a little bit. Uh, you know, she never slept with Peter. Never. They make that clear. But she feels sorry for Norman Osborn, so she sleeps with him. That makes no sense to me at all. You, you add into that mm-hmm. that Gwen Stacy, you know, she was always presented as this ideal, which is why Jerry Conway actually killed her off, unless I misunderstood what I've heard over the years, that she was just kind of boring to write because she didn't have any edge to her. She didn't really have anything like that. So to to take her and to taint her in that way, uh, it, it, it's distasteful uh, and, and it really just tainted the entire story. Uh, then, you know, add to that just a couple of little, you know, con- convenient, uh, you know, turns the whole, uh, you know, Gabe waking up with no memory. That's that's like an old Stanley fallback on, on the Green Goblin. And I wonder, you know, why didn't you know, the Green Goblin knew that he was prone to these memory losses. Why didn't he leave something kind of in one of his lairs or something to trigger a memory recurrence? You know, if, if when he went out on a battle, it just doesn't seem right. Uh, but anyway. You know, getting back to the reality of it all, uh, you know, reading it through it's it. If you can get by the. You know, the the whole conceptual aspect that I'm talking about, where he tainted a, a character that's been, you know, generally put, put a, you know, had a halo over her head for you know 50 years. Uh, it's not a bad story. It's, it's a little by the numbers, I think, but it's it's not bad at all. And it was kind of enjoyable. I did not care for the artwork overall and, and it was that one mostly had to do with the photo referencing and, and I didn't care for that. Well, I'm not allowed to. God. Alright, this is the second I, I, time recently where there's artwork I really like that you don't like and I'm, I don't I'm like photo referencing. Starting to wonder if your eyesight's going or something. I don't like photo referencing at all. When <laughs> when 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 they take when they right. take Well I was gonna address that because you said you're saying photo reference and, and I'm saying I would I would argue photo referencing to me is like that guy that worked on uh, oh shit now I can't think of the title Gotham Gotham Knights no it was the Batman book that didn't have Batman and it. it was about like the the local I thought that was Gotham Knights no. Gotham Precinct no. Gotham Central G- 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 Central G- that G- was it Gotham Central Gotham yeah, by that, the numbers Gotham that with the wind. On that book, it's a mad, 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 mad. <laughs> all right, I'll shut up. <laughs> no, but but I say I, I don't. That's dislike. all he did. But 
Okay. I I don't hate when when they you know I don't hate this artwork for the way the artwork looks. I hate it for what it does, and, and I don't hate it. Hate is so overstated. I'm bothered by the photo referencing. Photo referencing takes me out of the story, especially when they when they but have he's somebody. Not photo referencing. He he casted certain characters. You know, he he made them look like which I I gotta admit I totally did not catch that at all. Looking back at it, I kind of see what you guys are talking about. But I, you know, the De Niro one now that I see it is is pretty blatant. But the other ones, I'm like, I don't know. I mean, I what? You don't think Norman Osborne is Tommy Lee Jones? I yeah, I I don't really see it. I gotta be honest. What? Now the other guy I, that you that you mentioned, the Robert Redford, I'm like, okay, I can I, kind of see that one. But <laughs> but Tommy Lee Jones, I I don't I don't really see that. But. But I don't. But again, I I don't. You know, you're saying photo reference. Photo reference to me is you literally are taking a photo a and making a comic panel or page out of it I'm or whatever. I'm not sure he didn't do that. I, casting is casting is different. You know, casting I, is where. Uh, I, no, I get I get the difference you're giving, and, and I'll let you allow you to define it for whoever's listening because I don't want to interrupt that. Go ahead. No, I'm just saying. You know, casting to me is different where you're taking. You know, you're you're giving a comic character, you know, you're you're casting them as if it's a movie. Yeah, and I mean like Alex Ross does. Well, I'm I'm seeing I'm seeing one right here where Norman's looking out the window after Peter and and every you know and company leave, and I'm like, holy shit, that's obviously Tommy Lee Jones. I just didn't catch it. I, I just really didn't, because I don't I don't read comics this way. I don't, you know, I'm the the whole ca- to me you, the. You cast- mean you don't look at the art? <laughs> Well, no, I mean, I don't look at it as trying to figure out, okay, who is the model for this? Oh, no, I mean, if, if, if I had you know, to do that, it wouldn't bother me. incredibly obvious. I'm yeah, sorry? I think it is. I said if I had to sit there and say, oh, who is this trying to look like, it wouldn't bother me so much. I think it is incredibly obvious, and I think it takes me out of the story, and that's what bothers me. Like Especially. You know, I mean, the De Niro one smacked me in the face. Is the reporter that's, guy, like, in the next to last issue is that supposed to be eddie murphy i'll have to take a look at him again that's uh yeah i was trying to figure out several characters in this that i didn't know who they were like the the guy that that peter goes to the the cop i guess who the hell is that guy i don't know apparently he was he was uh significant around that time though because he was he showed up in issue 500 also okay yeah, I just I don't know he's, who he is. And, and he's Spider Man's Ben Riley. Yeah, well, that's I mean, jumping ahead a little bit, that that's a quite. I'm, I have more questions about this than anything else because full disclosure, this is my first time reading this. As um, is mine. I didn't come into the Straczynski stuff until fairly like what I came into it. Because I, I had stopped reading Spider-Man a long time before this, and I, I wasn't really interested in, in Spider-Man after a certain point. But I came back when Peter became when Spider-Man became part of the New Avengers with that whole event, you know, where they went to the what was it, Strikers Island or whatever. The raft. Was, yeah. yeah, the you know that. Whole I think thing. that's shortly after this. I don't think that's. Long it it is. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's it's not long after this. And, it and has I'm pretty sure that is still Straczynski's run. It is, yeah, and and that so that's why I'm I am familiar with Straczynski and Diodato being the artist at least for a time on this because not far after this storyline is where I did jump in because 
I I liked Spider-Man being part of the new Avengers and I, I liked the new dynamic where suddenly he was part of a team. He was accepted. His he started to kind of get his shit together as as you know, his life. You know, he was working for Tony Stark, you know, before that whole thing went south. And, and I, I kind of liked the whole stories. Um, you know, um, Aunt May knew who he was and then they went to live in Avengers Tower and all that. And I really liked, you know, that whole dynamic. So I'm familiar with kind of the the feel of this era but i'd never read this specific story before right but i i you know i remember when it came out and i was reading it at the time and i i i did find it bothersome because like i said gwen stacy was always kind of presented as the you know the ideal and again i understood why uh Jerry Conway would kill off a character that he found, you know, there really wasn't a lot to do with it unless he was going to have the two of them get married or to taint her. Uh, he didn't want to taint her. He killed her off. And I'm, I'm kind of cool with that. But Straczynski decided, OK, she was killed off and I'm going to taint her. <laughs> you know? and, and just the idea, you know, the, the concept that she had never slept with Peter, but she would sleep with Norman Osborn. That whole concept, just I find that very bothersome. Uh, well, I mean, yeah. I've I haven't read as much Spider-Man as you have. I don't have the strong attachment to Gwen Tate to Gwen that perhaps you do or uh, uh, other people did. I overall didn't. I mean, I didn't see anything. I mean, it wasn't <laughs> I wasn't fine with the story, but I wasn't. I mean, but it is a little disturbing with you know how she would sleep with him. But in in story, you know, she does. She does say she found his, uh, you know, she got overwhelmed in the moment, and people make mistakes in moments. People do that in real life. Not Gwen Stacy. Well, well, that's your opinion. Yes, it is. Yes, so, it I, is. I mean, I, 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 I'm not saying you're wrong, but and it's also I'm, the opinion I, of the very, very large majority of comic book readers. Well, okay. I, I mean, and I've been on the other side of that aisle too. Well, how dare you change this character? That's not. That's not this character's. Mo- 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 motivation <laughs> I, you know if, if the character were still alive in the comics and they changed to somewhat you know i i, I kind of find that more forgivable. can't defend herself well i find it more forgivable only because you start running out of things to do with a particular character but to take a character this is this is to me this is akin to taking uh you know ma and pa kent and turn making them turn out to have been evil behind the the, the scenes oh uh, they weren't <laughs> They were parents, of course they're evil. You know, or Uncle Ben. You know, Uncle Ben. <laughs> Uncle Ben was a spy, and he was he was working for Hydra. You know, it's it's, it's not dissimilar from that in my <clears throat> head. Let me, if, if I can jump in here, I I, I come away with this from, with three thoughts. First of all, I, I gotta profess right up front that this makes me a little bit nervous, just in the sense of I, I feel like I'm. You have to tip through, tiptoe through a minefield with this because I don't want to say something that, you know, that that, the, you know, half the listenership goes, oh, no fucking idiot. He liked this. But I, I, I liked this. But that comes with a whole lot of asterisks and a whole lot of prefacing. Um, oh, I, yeah. Yeah. Because I thought generally I think it's a really good story and I really enjoyed it. However, it's as Paul said, it's the Gwen Stacy thing that's that's the trouble spot that's where and i and i don't agree with it i think 
her having slept with Norman Osborn of her own free will and volition, I, I think, is a mistake in this story. However, uh, touching on that, I have three specific thoughts, you know, coming away from that is that, for one, something I read says that this was a changed premise um, from editorial. They they made Straczynski change his initial idea, which was that Peter was the father of these children. I think that would have been you know, okay. Playing, playing armchair. Yeah, exactly. Playing armchair editor. I think that was a mistake making him change the premise. I think if the story had been, these were Peter's natural children by Gwen Stacy I'm not seeing the problem here. And now, yeah, there probably would have been some segment of fandom that would have been up in arms about it. But overall, I think that's actually a pretty cool idea. And I think that would have been if you're going to tell this story, which that's a whole nother conversation, whether or not this was even necessary to do. But if you're going to go this route with Gwen Stacy having had kids and now they're back to menace Spider-Man, then I think Sp either Spider-Man should have been the natural father. They should have gone with Straczynski's idea. Or if you got to make it Norman Osborn or, or basically anybody else, then she was impregnated against her will. Or I even thought of another angle is why the hell didn't they wrap up the whole... Uh, uh, what's his name? Professor War. Why didn't they involve him? Why wasn't this some sort of cloning situation or something and, and spare Gwen Stacy this indignity? You know, funny so, you should say that because I I have not read the story, but apparently in Spider-Man Volume Five, Number Seventy Three, which is a two, 2021 story, mm -hmm. uh, it turns out that the flashbacks in the sins past events were false memories implanted in Mary Jane Watson and Norman Osborn's heads by Mysterio as part of a revenge plan against Spider-Man yeah. developed by Harry Osborn before his death and carried on, carried out by a duplicate AI and that they are clones. See, now that's just ridiculous. Well, that was it, a way it of is. Just, just sweeping this whole story under the rug is really I what it was. I didn't read the issue. I was tempted to. I did look it up real quick um, on the wiki and just judging, you know, judging a, a book by its wiki entry, it looked horrible. So I didn't go anywhere near it. Plus, uh, to me, the whole thing was like, why the hell would you even feel a need to retcon a story that's already been retconned away anyway with the whole one more day thing. Cause I, I, at this point touching anything from the past like this, that so heavily involves and relies upon Peter's relationship and marriage with Mary Jane. Why would you even bother now? Because it, it it's all, it's all done away with. So I, I just didn't see the point with why would, this must still have been bothering somebody somewhere down the line and they just had to mess with it. But I'm like, it's all a moot point now because it, it probably never really happened, or at least it it couldn't possibly have happened the way it happened in this issue because Peter and Mary Jane weren't a thing anymore. So, but that's a whole different conversation, which I would love to get into at some other point. My other two quick thoughts on this. Um, so we talked about the change premise thing. Um, my second thought, and, and I really don't want this to come across as like insulting or anything, but here's the thing. I'm just going to say it is that, you know, it's funny how fandom can pick and choose what the hell they get all worked up about. And in this instance, I have to say, to a certain degree, I kind of feel like fandom are a bunch of friggin hypocrites because they'll get all worked up about, 
you know, messing with the sacred cow of Gwen Stacy, but they don't get, you know, all worked up about other sacred cows that are out there that were supposed to be the untouchable dead. And that really annoys the shit out of me because, you know, everybody's worked up about this, but nobody really seemed to be bothered by, say, uh, Bucky Barnes. And that continues to rankle me. I mean, granted, we got some really good stories out of it and everything, and we got what we got with the MCU and all that. But at the end of the day, I still think that was a mistake, that they should have left him alone. He and Ben Parker and Thomas and Martha Wayne, they're supposed to be the untouchable dead. You don't mess with those characters. And they did it here and everybody gets all worked up, but then they did it with Bucky and they did it with Jason Todd and nobody seems to mind. And at some point, if comics last long enough, some, you know, some idiot is going to go and mess around and and retcon Ben Parker that he deserved to die or they're going to bring back the Waynes or some ridiculous damn thing. So. You know, it's at the end of the day, it's like I, I, I have a certain I do have a certain amount of like, really, you know, <laughs> about well, that whole I, angle. I mean, I, I agree, but I disagree. Um, first of all, Jason Todd doesn't belong on that list. He's he's not sacred the way the other characters are. So I'm, gonna, I'm just going to eliminate him. It's not my, sacred, but I think his his death is not significant the way was, the, the other ones are, as far as the 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 motivations and origins of these characters and and such. Uh, I was in total agreement with you when when I heard that they were resurrecting Bucky Barnes. I was kind of in, uh, not an outrage, but I was bothered by it. I thought, you know, yes, he he's you know there with Uncle Ben and and you know just somebody who's never supposed to be resurrected. Uh, and I, I forgave it based on the fact that we did get good stories is really what it came down to. I thought they did something I didn't want them to do, but they did it in a fashion that was, you know, done well enough that I kind of let it go. Uh, yeah, you know, would it, I don't, I don't know if they could have had the character have the same gravitas if they had just invented a new character, Winter Soldier. I don't, I think he would have come and gone, you know, with, with no fanfare whatsoever. Uh, so I did kind of accept it because of the way it was done. And I did, I haven't minded when they've retconned or when they've had flashbacks of Gwen Stacy stories. Uh, the one that comes to mind, I'm trying to think it was, uh, during the age of apocalypse, you know, in, in the alternate, uh, history, she had not been killed by the green goblin and she became part of the, you know, the resistance, uh, against uh, Apocalypse. And I thought that was kind of cool. Mm-hmm. I, like, I, I haven't minded when they've brought the character, you know, out again. And even though, you know, it's, it's, you know, they're telling new stories involving her. I haven't even minded. I, I haven't seen much, so I can't really give you a true critique of it. But I haven't minded the concept that they have the uh, alternate universe Spider-Gwen. That doesn't bother me at all. Uh, what bothers me right. is taking taking this character and totally changing the personality that we were presented. Like I said, I think we were presented with her as this ideal. She was the perfect woman for Peter. She was, you know, well, she, she me... loved him un, pretty much unconditionally. He loved her. They, she, you know, she, she was, you know, no question about it. She was a goody two shoes. So the idea that she never slept well, with Peter that, makes you, sense. You're leading, you're leading right into my, my last thing. So let me ask you, that was my last you know, of the, of the three immediate thoughts I had walking away from this. So it's really more of a question. Was she the angel that 
fandom seems to collectively remember her to be because I, for a time, was lucky enough to actually own, I think it was ASM 31, her first appearance. Oh, she's yeah, she was, kind she, of a bitch right out of the gate. And yeah, I think initially it's, she I don't was. know. Yeah. And, and I, so I think it's one of these things. And I, I think it's a combination of her character did change over time. She became Peter's girlfriend. She kind of mellowed as a character. And then, of course, she died. And well, they I think it was that combination that she developed a legend that wasn't exactly true to what she had actually been. That that's my impression. I'm wondering what you think. Do you do? Would you agree to that? I think when she was presented in ASM 31, she was she was not developed as a character. They just kind of had her as a, you know, we're throwing a, somebody out here. It's going to be, you know, just a new person or whatever. Uh, and and I always took that, you know, to try and mind candidate that that you know that was just because they didn't know each other very well and they didn't have a very good first impression of each other or whatever and then as they got to know each other you saw their true personalities and blah 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 now had they done what jms originally wanted to do and had peter be the father that would not bother me i i, I wasn't so much on the idea oh she couldn't sleep with peter because she had to be virginal uh you know she slept with peter and she had gotten pregnant and he didn't know about it and somehow they worked that story you know they worked the storyline that would have been okay with me if somehow she had been mind controlled by Norman Osborn uh, and never told Peter, you know, or had not yet told Peter because she was so ashamed of what had happened. I would be okay with that too. Just the I, idea I though be... that she was overwhelmed by his personality and his, the strength of his personality that she would sleep with him because she felt sorry for him is just such bullshit that I just can't, you know, I can't just sweep that under the rug. And if it's it's editorial that did it, then they're the ones to blame, not JMS, but somebody is to blame. Right. Exactly. Yeah, well, I got to be honest with you. I think I'm more insulted by the by the th- you know the the thing in this story that Peter uh, you know Peter never had sex with her. I think I'm more insulted by that than I am the idea that she had sex with Norman Osborn. As much as that bothers me, I don't like it. And make no mistake, you know, I know I said I like the story, and I do, but I did not like that aspect of it. I think the idea that she cheated on Peter with norman osborne or that she cheated cheated on peter to begin with but especially with norman osborne i think is just flat ridiculous yeah but but seriously i i really think i'm more insulted by the you know the constant repeating through this whole storyline of well it's impossible because we never actually had i mean come on you know it's it's like let's let's embarrass peter more so you never had sex huh (laughs) well i mean going back to it all right, I have to be careful in how I say this because, you know, do do I believe that you can have, you know, absolute, you know, devotion and love and everything with somebody without sex? I guess. But it I think it makes him actually seem a lot more pathetic that he has has had the emotional damage he's had all these years and the weeping and moping and everything else over Gwen Stacy. If it's revealed, like in this story, that they never actually had sex. Um, I think it just kind of makes him just I, I think it really affects his character in the Bring way out I the gimp. See. Yeah, you know, it, yeah, see, I'm not I'm not willing to go that far with it. It doesn't bother me with that. If 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 you just gave her, you know, you you want to you want to go with the the halo over her head, you know, and you want to go totally that she she was devout in her thought that they weren't going to consummate their thing until they were married or whatever i can i can live with that that's all okay with me you want me to make this story worse 
Peter will have a repressed memory that he was actually tied up in the corner watching Norman have sex with Gwen. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the thing about it that just gets me is that, you know, that she would even even if she and Peter had had sexual relations prior to this day, the fact that she would cheat with Norman Osborne under any circumstance just does not sit right with me. The only right. way I, you can present that to me where I'm going to accept it is it was some sort of a mind control or forced. Yes. That's the yes. only way I'm going to yes. accept her ever sleeping yeah. with Norman Osborn. Well, maybe yeah, if he looked me. like uh, Willem Dafoe instead of Tommy Lee Jones. <laughs> <laughs> so, but but that to me, that's the the biggest point in here. And it just kind of makes the whole story come crumbling down. Yeah. No, you're right. It does. It's the, other, it kills the whole premise of the story. It, it does. Because I was I was really digging and I knew going into the story. I mean, having never read it, I still knew the legend of the story. So. I knew what the big reveals were going to be, but I was still enjoying it until I hit that part of the story. And that part of the story was like, uh, but you know, still taken as a whole, I, you know, I still enjoyed it. I, I think, I think there were ways to play with this and there were ways to fix this that didn't involve complete ridiculousness. You know, there were a couple easy fixes and I, I think the, the, the easiest one, the obvious one is, as you said, just reveal it that it was it was against her will. She was being mind manipulated or, you know, whatever. I mean, I'm I'm not really comfortable with he raped her in the sense of, you know, she was conscious and fighting and all, you know. No, no, no. I, that, I that to me is kind of, that's too far. That's disgusting. But but if he somehow had controlled her, then, yeah, I get I don't know. I, that's that whole thing's a slippery slope anyway, but you know, I, I think you know, and, and the the real fix for this story again would have been to just let Straczynski run with his original idea. I think the story would have that much more uh, emotion to it and everything if if you know because Peter's already really torn up in this story to begin with, and it's bringing back all the old emotions and all that. I think it would have really amplified it if if they were his children, you know. And he just never knew. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I think I think it would have been a, it would have had a much it would have had much more gravitas. I think if if you you know if you did it that way. Now I do find it a little hard logistically to accept that she's pregnant and he has no clue about it. Even though you know even with the accelerated four month pregnant and then giving birth situation. Uh, you know, just logistically, you think you'd, you'd have some kind of clue that something was up there and you'd know. But, you know, whatever. I'm, right. I'm not so quick to think that you you just wouldn't notice. But, you know, to, to each their own. That one, I, I can overlook that so much. Uh, but like I said, the, the whole the whole premise of it just I find disturbing. Um, there was something else that I wanted to discuss on this. I'm trying to remember. I said I said when I was reading through it, I said, "Yeah, we got to get to that later." Uh, oh, you know, I, I I mean something. I guess you're going to present Gabriel. This isn't the point I was going to make. But I guess you're going to present him as kind of mentally unhinged to begin with. Because why else, when he learns the truth, would he be convinced to uh, to take the goblin, you know, the goblin formula? Look, if you've had Norman Osborn whispering in your ear your whole life, yeah. Yeah. And and you have his blood. I mean, it could be genetic. But you just learned that he was totally lying to you his your whole life. 
Okay, well, so exactly. going to do what he it's says? Just had it revealed to him that his entire life is a lie, and I, I think he kind of came unglued. Right, when that right. Happened. You can either he accept just, that logically, or you can say bullshit, and just you know, again, people can do things that are not, uh, you know, that in a normal situation that you would be, well, you know, I, I, I shouldn't do this. I should look at this rationally. He's not rational. Yeah. Okay. I'll, I kind of wonder that. if that's why we're getting two children is that we're seeing both both sides of the coin because one accepts it right out that wait this is wrong what we've been told all our lives is a lie we we shouldn't hate this man you know and and she's completely rational about it whereas he just comes unhinged and and so i think that's is an more the dynamic. like one is more the embodiment of gwen and the other is the embodiment of norman the embodiment to the point where she even wears a uh the headband, a headband. <laughs> right yeah i, thought that was yeah. I think they did that on purpose just to oh, mess clearly they did but i thought it was silly <laughs> uh yeah you know and and i don't know why because i knew that it's that he's not that they're not peter's children uh from you know when i read it when i reread it for today but i'm still looking at thinking oh i'm glad they didn't make uh gabriel look like peter I said, well, of course they didn't. He's not Peter's child. And then I start, when I started thinking about that, I, I was looking and I think, you know, to, to turn around a little bit on what I was saying before about Diodato, I thought he did a good job of making him look like he could be Norman Osborn's son, but not making him look like Harry. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have that stupid hair. The... He doesn't have the cornrows. Yeah. Oh, thank God. <laughs> You know, I just realized, I, I think I missed a story beat here, or, or maybe I just forgot it already. What what, what was, okay, so she goes off to Europe, has the kids, then what? Yeah, well, that, yeah, and, or that was another, like, a weakness in the story. Like, all this, she just leaves. Yeah. And, yeah, and I was kind of like. There. I mean, I, I didn't get that. I mean, it, something was mentioned yeah, it, before, but I, it didn't really hold water. It's kind of like, what? I mean, I, I get the I got the impression because I, I think, think that he took the, he took them or was going to care for them. I mean, well, because she couldn't she couldn't come back. Hey, I got two kids. So I guess they had an arrangement and he agreed to take care of them. But then no, 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 that, no, 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 because she makes a she makes a huge point in the story when she confronts him about, you know, I'll die before I let you lay a finger on my children. So obviously well, she did not want him involved in, in the lives of those kids. So, well, I think. Yeah, but at first I she threatened to go public. So obviously they were keeping the secret she threatened to go public if he didn't get Harry the help he needed because he was afraid of the, uh, the stockholders finding out he, he was worried about his stocks tanking because Harry was a drug addict. So, I mean, that's what I got out of it. I kind of got that they had an agreement and then she was going to renege on it. And then they got in, you know, a heated argument and then she threatened, you know, you know, I'd have to go back and reread it. Maybe he's. My, my know, question is, during the part where this is happening, when when she's back in America and confronting him in his office, where are the kids? Who's taking care of the kids? Have they they're, been? They're still back up? in. They're still back in Paris. Or who's right, watching? But, but yeah, yeah. But who, who is, did she leave them with? Somebody knowing? You know, they don't really make that clear. What I thought they did that was smart was they put this 
they they mentioned Spider-Man fighting the Hulk, which is Spider-Man, I believe, 119, if I'm remembering correctly. And then the death of Gwen Stacy is 121, so it's like right after that. Uh, right. So, you know, they, they didn't leave like a lot of time where you're thinking, oh, what's going on with these kids during all this time? You know, it, it, it happens, you know, pretty quickly. Uh, and I thought that was a, a smart move on their part, that they didn't really... Uh, you know, they didn't let that drag on because I think that would have been a, a, an issue for me. But you know, I, I, I'm gonna I want to talk a little bit more about the the artwork just because we we got into it. I really am bothered by what I consider photo referencing. I'm not quite as bothered by casting as you described it, Scott. I that doesn't bother me as much. I think there's clear photo reference here and not so much the casting as much uh and and that does disturb me a little uh just the same i do think the storytelling in it is well done i think the action sequences are well done uh there's something about the inking that's just you know it, it gets a little muddy at times which i don't not, not totally crazy about but it's not bad i do think there's a lot of cinematic feel to it which is a, a positive uh especially you know when when you're reading in the era where you know we got to do a six issue story because it's you know being written for the uh for the trade uh but overall you know i i just kind of think you know i think the the artwork was good but every time Robert Redford or Robert De Niro or Tommy Lee Jones, or now that now that Bill pointed it out to me, Eddie Murphy uh, appear on the screen. I find it bothersome. Do you have any idea who or if um, they were using as a model for Mary Jane, especially like at the end of issue uh, 511, where she's like, because I know who the real father of Gwen Stacy's children is. And it's a real, it's a, you know, she's taken up almost the whole page. Uh, but the I can't. Five eleven, you said. Yeah, yeah, the last page. Right. But I can't tell if that's a casting or just an actual, just a, you know. It could, you know? it could definitely be somebody photo referenced, but I couldn't tell you who. So if I can't tell you who, it doesn't really pull me out. Yeah, of, yeah, my, yeah. That's my lips fine look with me quite too. chapped in that picture, though. God, you're so picky. <laughs> Mary Jane's got chat lips, but Gwen Stacy's perfect. She is perfect. Oh God. God. A couple questions <laughs> for you. Alright, so it's it's definitely touched on in this that uh Norman Osborne this is this is after the big retcon that brought him back. So he survived being impaled by his goblin glider. But then it keeps talking about him as if he's died again. No, I think he's in prison. Oh, is I that? Think, what, I did okay. see something when I, when I was looking at the. There's there's another uh, storyline which I've never read. It was in Spectacular Spider-Man called uh, Sins Remembered, and it involves a journey with Spider-Man and Sarah trying to to look for something or whatever. And Gabriel gets involved and blah, blah, blah. I never read it. Uh, but when I looked into it a little bit, they did say something about Norman being in prison at some point. So I think that Bill may be on the money with that. Well, well because the okay. point where they're looking for someone for the blood tra transfusion, he's like, can you get someone here within the hour? And he says, 
And then, you know, you see from his point of view, you see it, you see Gabe and you see Norman Osborn in a prison cell. Okay, so, yeah, more more reason to think that that's correct. All right, like he's looking <laughs> up. I'm just looking. There's a, in one of the flashback sequences, they have, you know, ba- baby Sarah and Gabe. <laughs> baby Sarah has the, has the headband on. Has the headband, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's good taking it way too far. It really is the headband thing. Well, it could have been. I mean, I know that's her a mother. I know that's her mother, a, her mother could have put it on her. And it's her favorite. Well, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not talking baby like, uh, you know, newborn. I'm talking baby like maybe toddler. Yeah. Ironically. Her mother would have been dead by toddler. Ironically, when they're on the bridge and she falls and Spider-Man saves her, she's not wearing it during that, which I thought was kind of an odd. I mean, I like it because I don't feel the need to have her. I mean, I get it. She's Gwen Stacy's daughter. The headband thing's a little much. So I, I thought it was interesting that she does not have it during Gwen Stacy's most iconic, you know, re- recreating her most famous, you know, scene. Mm. Another question for you, because this one really jumped out at me. So because she dared stand up to Norman and, and all the shared history and all the drama and everything, you know, in, in, Norman Osborn's mind, Gwen Stacy's got to die, and thus he kills her. But it shows here, this is issue 512, during the flashback sequence, that after she leaves and goes outside and she's talking to Peter, MJ comes in, doesn't say a word, but she confronts Norman Osborn and slaps him across the face and walks out making him aware that she knows about the whole situation and everything. Plus she physically assaulted him in my Mm. mind. If this really happened, she is also dead that, that Norman would not stand for this, that, that now there's a big old target on her and he would have taken her out too. Yeah. But does she slap him? Wasn't MJ dating Harry at the time? So she could be doing that. He, she doesn't say this is because you slept with Gwen. She just slaps him. So you can't really. Yeah, I don't. Think you can make that connection. Maybe not, but it. I don't know. To me, it seemed. It seemed. Maybe you're right. Maybe. Maybe he wouldn't connect the two. But still, just the simple fact that she, you know, she slaps him. I'm thinking that that's enough in this guy's unhinged mind that now she's got to go too. you know, how dare she type of thing, you know? Yeah, I, I kind of agree. I think I don't think I don't think he puts up with any any affront. Exactly. Yeah. Mm. Now, you, I guess you could argue maybe there just wasn't enough. Lesser. Right. I mean, I guess maybe you could argue there there wasn't enough time for him to get around to it. Because, well, and then again. No, I was just going to say because he dies, you know, a couple issues later. But no, now it's all been wrecked. He never died. So, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. You think he would he would plan out somehow to, you know, to, to have her taken out of the picture? Plus, especially especially with, you know, Peter's relationship with her, you would think he'd be all the more gung ho to, to kill her off. But it was not to be. Uh, so, 
I guess, you know, to, to kind of give some, unless you have something else significant to add on this, my final thoughts are, yeah, I, I understand where the outrage is and I join in it to some extent, but if you pull yourself back and you don't let yourself get emotionally involved in it, it's not a terrible story. It's, it's, it's just that, you know, it's, it's, it's the groundwork that it's laid on that, that is bothersome, not so much the story itself. I think the, the story itself is makes for interesting reading. The artwork is certainly, you know, your mileage may vary, but the artwork is certainly, you know, a decent quality. Uh, I don't think this is a horrible read. I think if you take this maybe in your mind as some sort of Elseworld story instead of uh, letting it taint the character that has been be beloved by many people over the years, uh, I think you're okay. I, I tell you what I did personally, you know, to to kind of make it work in my own mind is this: this is a story that I, you know, I just put an asterisk on it, you know, that this is going to be touched upon that you can't take it at face value that that she actually did this you know that of of her own free will that somewhere down the line it's it's going to be revealed you know that it was against her will or you know she was mind control that sort of thing i think if you do that then yeah it works but i think if they had done the mind control thing that that would that, that would have been better than the retcon they did yeah, the retcon. I mean, again, I did not read it other than skimming the wiki on it, but it it, it actually seems like it's just, it just made it worse, you know. So, I mean, it, it just. Granted, I didn't. I have not. I dropped Spider Man flat at one more day. I was I was done at that point. Um, and we we I would love to get into that on another show. I'd I'd really I'd really like to get into it because I tell you what my biggest takeaway from reading this was was it, a, a big old uh just reminder of how much I miss Spider Man because at the end when you know it, it, I think the last issue prior to one more day, I think is 543, I think. At the at the end of that, I was totally back with Spider-Man. I was so digging what was happening because it felt reinvigorated to me. It was fresh. It was new. Exciting things were happening. And, you know, there's, there's that, that famous saying out there that there's there's no bad ideas, just bad writers. And I, and I got so tired, especially after the marriage was was dissolved with one more day of hearing people bitch, you know, writers, comic book writers bitch about the marriage, you know, whether it was Spider-Man and MJ or whether it was Superman and Lois Lane that, oh, we're stymied. We can't do anything with it because I, I knew it was bullshit because I knew that there were great writers out there that they were perfectly able to make it work. Um, you know, Straczynski, I, I think, does a marvelous job here of handling Peter and Mary Jane and their marriage and, and making their relationship really work and making it integral to the story. And I, I enjoyed that and I missed that so much. And, you know, there were other you know, Roger Stern set this whole thing in motion with them. And I thought he always had a really good handle on them as uh, as a couple. And uh, and David Michelinie, you know, and he handled them in the early days of their marriage. And I thought always did a really good job you know, uh, with the feel of them. So I never really bought that. I, I think it was just 
this need that I'll never, ever understand of having Peter have to be young. He just has to be a school age superhero. I'll never get that. I'll never understand it because this is my Spider-Man. This is the Spider-Man I grew up enjoying. And this is the Spider-Man I like best where he's a nebulous 20 verging on 30 year old. Uh, Somewhere between 25 and 30. Yeah. And I like this version so much better. So my biggest takeaway from this, I think, uh, honestly, I think a lot of the reason I enjoyed this so much was because it was a story from that era that I just I'd never read before. And it just brought back all those emotions for me of how much I friggin liked this era of Spider-Man. I really did. You know, when I dove back in, um, I think my first issue with with this team was the one um where it's got spider-man on the cover and like mary jane's on one side and aunt may's on the other and it says like new avengers with a question mark and i think that was like where they were making the decision should they accept the offer to move into avengers tower and then that set off just a whole new series of of events and stories that to me were really exciting because peter was finally accepted you know he he was part of the avengers he was part of a team you know, they knew his identity. So, you know, he he felt a little more relaxed because then he had, you know, the the camaraderie of his fellow superheroes. He was finally accepted by the superhero community. You know, it felt like he was getting his his life together and his shit together. And he was no longer just, you know, the the downtrodden, you know, always down on his luck, Peter Parker, which I liked. But, you know, after 50 years, you get kind of tired of that. You want to see the guy get a break every now and again. Yeah, but that and, break can never last. You have, you have to keep that in mind, too. If, you, if it's an ongoing storyline, you cannot have just happiness. You have to have conflict. Oh, no, no. There, otherwise, there's no interest to it. So, no, abs- yeah, it does abs- require that the writers become a little bit more creative as they go along to keep co- creating conflict. And eventually that has to crumble down around him. I thought and, that they I thought what did, you're saying cause... is right. But I thought they took it too far under uh, Dan Slott, where all of a sudden he was, you know, he became Tony Stark with his own company and everything. I thought that was taking it too far. I don't know about the Dan Slott stuff. Didn't that all come after One More Day? Oh, yeah, way after. Yeah. See, I, did, I didn't make it that far. No, I, I liked you know, Dan like Slott I say, did it, the uh, superior Spider-Man stuff with Doc Ock and his, and his his body trying to take over his, you know, his legacy. Uh, but, you know, again, the him having his own company and everything was just a bridge too far for me. Uh, having him be on the Avengers, I enjoyed that. But I did feel, you know, you... you Part of the concept of Spider-Man is that he's a loner. Uh, it was one of the things uh, we've talked about in the movies that, you know, in, in the recent movies with uh, Tom Holland, as, as much as I've enjoyed those movies, and I really have, it hasn't seemed like the real true Peter Parker Spider-Man to me because he has such a big support group around him. You know, part of, part of the, the, the whole idea of my Spider-Man is that he's got to deal with the world on his shoulders and, and not have so much help. So, you know, I, I go back and forth on that. I do agree with you that it was it was nice to see that for a change, but I understood even then that temp, that change had to be temporary. And it was because, you know, right about the time that that he did finally seem like, OK, you know, he's got his life in order. Things things are good. This is Spider-Man and things never stay good for long. And they didn't. It quickly karma because he got so comfortable and he got. You know, he he got such a, a false sense of 
all right, this, you know, everything's great that he actually revealed his secret identity to the world. And as soon as he did that and, and the whole Civil War thing really blew up, it all blew up in his face. And then he became a man on the run, you know, and there was that whole series of stories. And, and so it was really going in interesting places. And then, you know, Aunt May gets shot and all that. So, you know, it, it built him up slowly to where it really started to kind of change the nature of his character only to slam him back down really hard because that's Spider-Man. And I mm-hmm. loved that. But in, in my mind, we're, we're never going to get the end of that story because then they, they ruined it by going straight into one more day and then just retconning all this shit away. And I hate that. And that's what brought, that's what came back to me from this story. So it wasn't, I wasn't left outraged at the end of it so much by uh gwen stacy and every you know all the revelations there i'm i'm outraged anew because god damn it i like this era of spider-man and why did they have to do that you know why did they have to so that's why at some point i really want us to go back and and look at the whole you know one more day thing and all because even all these years later i'm still really pissed off about it you know yeah, I gotcha. I don't disagree, and uh, I think it might be worth you know now, now that we've we've added the second look concepts, maybe maybe that'll be a good one to take a look at at some point. But for now, with uh, since past, uh, what's interesting about this is it's a second look for me, but it really is a first look for both of you guys. Uh, so, right. you know, I don't know if we've lived up to the billing here of what I've named this kind of feature, but, <laughs> but just the same, you know, we, we are, even though it's the first time you're reading it, we are far enough removed from when it came out that I think it, it, it still eliminates some of that initial emotional aspect of it. And I think, you know, you've both shown that, that it, it really doesn't bother you to speak of, you know, the, you're not disagreeing with some of the misrepresentations on the characters but you're not disturbed by it either uh necessarily uh i i I am bothered by it i continue to be bothered by it and i'm willing to give uh, jms the 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 pass because i do think it was editorially influenced uh you know his his history in my experience and you know somebody could write in if i'm wrong but he seems to to come on to titles really develop things to, to the point of being interesting, uh, creates this whole, you know, for no pun intended, this whole web of intrigue behind, you know, storylines. Uh, I, I specifically remember him doing it on Thor as well. But then something happens. He has some sort of dispute with editorial. He leaves the book and it's like, OK, now how are we going to resolve all of this? Because <laughs> now that, you know, you, you're leaving it to somebody else to take care of. Uh, so that, you know, that that's the negative to it. He, he seems to you know, to, to have, you know, sometimes issues with editorial. Uh, and I think he's justified in it because I do think his, his way of doing the stories is probably superior to what editorial is trying to get him to do. But, you know, just the same, I wish they could have worked it out. Uh, in this particular story, I, I don't know how, how overall I should be rating this thing. I, I mean, as far as the artwork goes, uh, covers and book, I think I'm going to say like a B minus. I think it's possible to it that it could have been much higher, but the, the photo referencing really does bother me. Uh, you know, but I think the storytelling was really, really well done. It was paced well. I think it, it you know, there was never a point where, where I 
felt the slightest bit lost in what was going on as far as the visuals go. Uh, Story-wise, I think there were a couple of shortcuts taken to, to justify characters' actions. Uh, and, and I'm not talking about the major one. I'm talking about even just in the story, you know, different things that Gabriel and Sarah did, the way that, the, you know, yeah, he had the kids in, Spa- in, in, Spa- in Paris. Just, just run with it. You know, a lot of little things like that. Uh, so I got to take a couple of points off for that. I'm not going to take the points off for him, for JMS, for the editorial. But I think I think if you had the story the way JMS wanted to tell it, I think we would have a B. But editorial's interference knocks it down to a D as far as I'm concerned because it really does taint the story. It makes no sense to me in the continuity, and, and that bothers me. Uh, but overall, if I remove myself from that aspect of it, it is a well-told and you know enjoyable read. You guys have any any uh, anything to add or to uh, comment on that? Yeah. Um, um, oh. oh, go ahead, Bill. Overall, I'll give the whole since uh, the whole storyline, um, the book, everything overall. I will give it a B. Um, like I said earlier, I didn't have I I don't have the emotional connection to Gwen Stacy. Um, you know, everybody wants to think somebody in their life is a saint until they come to find out that people are people and, you know, but I know we sometimes should have ideals and certain characters that we want to hold up to a pedestal. So I respect that. And I understand that. Uh, but yeah, I didn't, I mean, I, I can see the flaws in it, but I didn't have the big, Oh my God! Oh, I can't believe they did this. It was, you know, it was, it was, uh, you know, I think I read it in about forty-five minutes, and it was all right. It was good, uh, but I, but I see some flaws. Like Scott said, there's an asterisk. So that's all I got. Uh, as far as the story goes, um, again, you know, you, you, you have to, to me what I had to do is I just had to do a little bit of mental gymnastics and try to figure out, okay, clearly this, you you can't take it at face value that, that Gwen Stacy just had a moment of weakness and just slept with Norman Osborne of her own free will and volition. I think with that in mind that I'm not accepting that she just did that, then the story works for me and, and I can enjoy it you know, for what it is and everything. And so on that level, I, I, I did enjoy the story and I would rate it pretty high. I'd rate it, a, I'd say an A minus. I mean, there was a couple things. There's a couple plot holes. I think where, where were the kids during all this was a big old plot hole for me and a couple other things, but overall I, I really liked it. And I liked being able to revisit this era and damn it. I, I really like Straczynski's use of, uh, you know, how people talk, I mean, to me, his characterization, this is how people really talk. And I like writers that have a good handle on that, where it's not just comic book talk. It's this is how real people converse with each other. And I think he's got a real handle on that. And so I enjoy that. And I really like how he handled the relationship with Peter and MJ, um, you know, both in this story and and in other places that I've read of his. So I, I liked that. So writing wise, I really enjoyed it. But again, that's with 
the caveat that I, I'm not accepting the, the whole Gwen Stacy thing. That would be a completely different grade. Um, where I really, really disagree with Paul is on the R. I like this guy. I've always liked Mike Diodato. I'm, I would consider myself actually a pretty big fan of his um, ever since I, I think I first uh, discovered him. He was the artist on like the very tail end of Thor, you know, the, the stories that closed out Thor volume one right there at the end. And, uh, and while he had a lot more nineties damage back then, I, I always got the feeling he was another one of those artists that was kind of chasing the trend, you know, the, the whole, you know, Liefeld image thing and all that. He grew out of it into this. And, and I really like his art style a lot. It's, I don't know. It's, it's very natural somehow. Um, and he, he has a, a distinct style. That's, it's a, it's a lot more realistic somehow, but I don't feel like he's just derivative of somebody else, like say a, a Neil Adams or something. He has a realistic style, but it's all his own. And I, I don't know, there's something about it that just really visually appeals to me. Um, I'm not real crazy about the inks, though. I think there's there's a lot of just dark. The, you know, they're making it dark for darkness sake, and I'm not sure why, because Spider-Man shouldn't be this dark all the time. So it's it it almost uh, has more of a of a Batman feel to the art sometimes than I feel like it, it should. But still, overall, I really like it. And uh Diodato has developed a real cinematic style as well, and I like that because this this feels like a movie um, in a certain aspect. And sometimes that's not a good thing with comics where they try too hard to be, you know, a film on paper. But somehow it works for this, and I really like it. But yeah, I'm I'm a big fan of his of his art. And yeah, well, I would, it should I feel would like a movie about. It should feel like mm-hmm. a movie with as many movie stars are in it. <laughs> Well, that's the other thing is that, I mean, maybe it's just a matter of semantics and, and what your personal definition is. But to me, this again, this comes down to he has casted the book versus photo referencing. Photo referencing to me is where you can clearly look at something and see somebody, ju- the artist just copied a picture, whether they light boxed it, whether they just had the picture in front of them and just drew that, whatever. And. The artist I was trying to think of before was Michael Lark on Gotham Central. He got accused of this all the time. And I think he did a run on like Daredevil or something, too, where people said the same thing. All he's doing is photo referencing all the time. Um, my, my personal go to for photo referencing would be Marvel's adaptation of The Empire Strikes Back by Al Williamson. Now, granted, I think Al Williamson was a great artist. But that particular book really bugs me because so much of that book is literally just photo referencing. I mean, I look through that book and I see pages and panels in there that I had the I had the trading card of that picture or I had an old issue of Starlog magazine that had that picture. So literally he was just drawing pictures from other, you know, from photographs from stills of the film and that bugs me because that's lazy to me i don't I think that see the, that with I'm this sorry. i i could be wrong but i'm just not seeing that with this i think the poster child for what you're talking about was uh, an artist that i haven't heard from in quite a while but he was around uh i guess in in the early 2000s that, that he did a lot of stuff uh greg land 
if you remember him at all. He, his his photo yeah. references were yeah. were you know very clear. And, and I if if I remember right, I think he used to photo reference from porn actresses in his stories, uh, which I find you know amusing what? in its own way. But but I find it disturbing just as well. Now that you say that, I think I could be wrong. Maybe I'm, uh, with apologies to Michael Lark, maybe I'm thinking of the wrong person. Because now that you say that, Greg Land, that that rings a bell. I think that's who I'm thinking of. And I was maybe I've just got the book wrong. I thought he worked on Gotham Central. Maybe he worked on it later. I don't know. All I did was <clears throat> pull, pull up the credits for Gotham Central number one. So maybe Greg Land came onto it later or something. But yes, you're right. That's the artist I'm trying to think of was Greg Land. And yes, he did. He I remember the whole thing with the with the porn actresses because somebody back when you remember back when there used to be news groups that we were all a part of somebody in the news groups um are not news groups uh the forums I mean the comic forums somebody found actual like porno pages yeah, you so know, I was like, looking like from, for this photo reference and found that I wasn't just yeah, exactly. through, you know, I wasn't just going through porn. <laughs> you know, from from whatever it was, Playboy or Penthouse or whatever, actually found some of the actual pages that this guy had just photo referenced. So yes, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, so that's I, taking it even to the far extreme. And there's you know, there's there's different levels of this too. Uh I'm not I can't sit here and tell and find the frames where Robert De Niro is shown the way he is in here. I can't sit here and find the frames where Robert Redford is and, and, you know, and anybody else who was used. But I still find it disturbing when they use the character that much. I'm not the hugest Alex Ross fan in the world, but, uh, you know, he he has made it clear that he he casts people in the roles. Uh, but if you look, he changes enough about them that you're not looking at it and saying, oh, that's like uh, I think it was he used uh, Fred Mc, like a young Fred McMurray for uh, Captain Marvel, Shazam Captain Marvel. Right. Right. Uh, but and if you look at it, you, you're like, yeah, yeah. You kind of have to squint a little bit. And it's like, oh, yeah, I could see that. But you never look at it and think, oh, that's Fred McMurray. You know what I'm saying? It, it's he he did it the right way as far as I was concerned. He 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 would cast the person and then he would still change the look enough so that it still really looked like the character we were talking about. But when you take somebody and you, you just totally draw the actor in their place, uh, I think, you know, Tommy Lee Jones as Norman Osborn is, is, uh, I think it was done even more blatantly in some other issues during, uh, Civil War, not not civil, yeah, during Civil War and and during Secret Invasion, uh, to the point where it, it got really bothersome, uh, uh, you know, things like that, you know, that 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 it really just takes me out of the story. So now I've become sensitive enough to it that even when it's a little bit better done, if it isn't done really what I consider the right way, it takes me out of the story. Seeing Robert De Niro there, you know, it bothered me. If they had just said, oh, Mr. De Niro, blah, 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 and it turned out it's really supposed to be De Niro that's that's directing this play, yeah, I would have been okay with that. But it wasn't De Niro that was directing the off-Broadway play, and it was, you know, it's it just, like I said, it, it, I found it bothersome. It really did take away from the art. And, and I agree with you, Scott, that the inking to me was less than, you know, it, it was it was it made it a little too muddy, a little too scratchy i didn't like that but the penciling i would imagine if you if you went down broke this down to the initial pencils uh i would imagine i would I'd probably like the artwork a lot more than i do the finished product 
I looked it up here because I wasn't sure when it was in relation to this, but Ultimates, the very first Ultimates series, was not too long before this. So I'm wondering if what's going on here is a side effect from Ultimates, because Ultimates, to my mind, was the first thing that really did that like blatantly, like cast you know, the, the characters. And it was incredibly blatant. Cause I remember that actually being a story beat in one of the issues where they're st- sitting around a table casting themselves, like who would play you in a movie or who would play our teammate in the movie. And of course, you know, right out of the gate, they had uh, Samuel L. Jackson as Nick Fury. Now this was long before that actually became reality later on you know, with, with art imitating, you know, life imitating art, imitating life or whatever the hell. But I'm wondering if, if maybe what's going, what we're seeing in this issue is kind of a side effect of that, because my, my memory is that that was really popular. Not for me, it wasn't. (laughs) And, you know, we were talking about giving a second look, you know, Things that were, were fads and trends back in the past don't necessarily carry through the current. And that's one of the reasons of giving things a second look. And, and that's a trend that right. I did not like. I did not like it, and I still don't like it. Uh, Samuel Jackson one kind of sits a little differently with me because from what I understand, they actually cleared it with him. They spoke to him, and he said, you know, that's fine. You could use me as the character model for it. But if you put him in the movies, I want to I want to play him. I think that's the way the conversation went, unless that's apocryphal. Right. So I'm kind of I'm kind of cool with that as as a you know as a thought process, but uh, you know just the same I I would like to I, I'm glad that it doesn't seem to be the, well you know what I I'm going to take that back I was going to say I'm glad that it doesn't seem to be the trend anymore except I don't know if it's a trend because I don't read current comics. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> So, you know, what do I know? But, uh, you know, I, I think we run we run a risk when we're doing these second looks, especially when we're doing ones that uh, that were negatively looked at in the first place. We run the risk that if we don't like the book still, uh, we're setting ourselves up to be a negative show. And I don't think that's the goal here. The goal is to, to look at it with clean, fresh eyes again. Uh and we are going to like some things, but that's the way it is on, on the show all the time. Uh, so, you know, sometimes we like the books, sometimes we don't like the books. And uh, as long as I think we can keep open minds, I kind of like the idea of doing this. And like you said, there's probably a lot of books that that had a tremendous fan uh, reaction when they came out. But now it's subsided and it's worth now looking at it without the emotion. So that's what we're trying to do here. And I think we did that with this book pretty much. Uh, you know, I still have my, my my level of outrage over it, but I think uh, I think I tempered that enough, and I think we're kind of cool with it. So I, I like the idea of doing this, and I look forward to doing it again in the future. Just as Absolutely. long as we don't yeah, besmirch Gwen Stacy. Do not, don't you dare <laughs> besmirch her. All right, so that'll be it for today. And uh, Scott, enjoy your your comic hunting later. I shall. <laughs> so for anybody listening, Scott is off to a comic show. And I'm gonna watch the Super Woo-hoo! Bowl with my kids. Well, I'm watch the Super Bowl I with my don't. wife. I think my kids are going to some Super Bowl party that 
I'm not invited to. Well, Sarah and Ben Sarah. are going to be all types. Of, oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was going to say, sadly, I'm old now and I'm not invited to these things. Mm. Well, Sarah and Ben are going to make all types of dips. Woohoo! I get the <laughs> buffalo chicken dip and some other type of dip. See, Dr. Bill was invited to come be my wingman, and he'd rather watch the stupid bowl than come hang out with his buddy. But that that's okay. That's all right. Hey, I'm not yeah. for anything. The, the way I'm seeing it is Dr. Bill just recently lost like 20 pounds, and he's going to try and gain it all back tonight. <laughs> I lost 30 pounds. Wow. So Good I can get you. back 10 and still be ahead of the curve. <laughs> there you go. That's the way to look at it. All right. Well, goodbye, everybody. And don't be sleeping with Norman Osborne, anyone. Yeah, because he hogs the bed. I can't back that up. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to our show, and we hope you'll continue to join us each and every week for more good old-fashioned comic book back-issue awesomeness. You can contact Back to the Bins to leave feedback, comments, questions, suggestions, and criticisms via email at bins at two truefreaks.com or by joining the Back to the Bins group on Facebook. Back to the Bins is a proud affiliate of the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Network, which you may find at www.twotruefreaks.com. Two True Freaks is a registered trademark of Demanzo Corps of Milan, Italy. All rights reserved. Please take a moment to stop by the twotruefreaks.com site and check out their many other fine podcasts, won't you? Thanks, and we'll see you next week.